This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, www.mailtribune.com forward slash whole dish. Anyone who's read my blog for the years that I've been posting it may recall that I have what probably seems like a very unusual fondness for rabbit. For a lot of people, they can't get past the cuteness factor, the fuzzy little bunnies, or the the meat just really isn't on their radar, despite the fact that Southern Oregon historically was a pretty important rabbit producing area until a lack of USDA processing facilities and the need to transport rabbits much further down into California's Central Valley cut back on the numbers that used to be raised here. Although that's starting to change with an awareness of eating local, eating sustainable and clean meats, which rabbits are really by definition. Um, they eat pretty much garden scraps, vegetable tops, and they produce waste that is ready to use directly on garden beds without being composted. And of course, they have the capability to grow, reproduce very, very quickly. In fact, a 10-pound rabbit can produce 300 pounds of meat in a single year. And that's that's a significant quantity of protein produced with very very few resources. So I have always thought that more people should be interested in rabbit, should give it a try. The most recent period in history when it was really popular was during World War II when rabbits were raised alongside victory gardens, because of course they could eat the vegetable scraps, then their manure could be used to grow the victory gardens, and it was an invaluable protein supplement during a time of shortages. I have noticed rabbits far more widely available just in the past few years in the Rogue Valley. Food for Less in Medford, within maybe the past year, has started carrying a line of small um, locally raised animals are raised in Sutherland. So that's still the regionally, the Southern Oregon region. And the farm is called Wagenhofer Meats. And they're the ones I consulted for um, health and nutrition facts on rabbits earlier. They also produce quail and they also produce sausages out of their rabbits. All of these products are available in the freezer case at Food for Less in Medford. The rabbits typically are sold whole, although they also produce what they call fryer packs. They're not cheap, um, but they are a very, very healthful meat. They're extremely lean and heart healthy, but also very, very flavorful. They contain additional levels of vitamin B12 than a lot of meats do, and they're high in a lot of other types of healthy minerals. They're being touted as good for combating cardiovascular disease, people with diabetes. They really do deserve a look. And of course, the way that you cook rabbit 
really can make all the difference. It is very popular fried um, like chicken because there's just not a lot of fat on it. And so it ensures that the meat is moist. It's got a nice breading, cooks quickly. And I think there's just that familiarity as well for people who are hesitant about it, just not sure. You present it like fried chicken, more likely to get a warm reception. My experience though is braising typically yields the best results because the meat can get a little dry. I made the mistake of roasting a rabbit a few months back around the holidays thinking that I could do it like I habitually would do a chicken kind of on a bed of root vegetables and it would exude enough juices and enough enough fat even though I of course knew the rabbit was very lean to kind of caramelize all those vegetables, soften them, and and give them some additional flavor. Well, in reality, very, very different from a chicken. A chicken will release much more fat than a rabbit will. And so it it really didn't add anything to the vegetables. You know, it roasted nicely, but it, it was a little kind of on the dry side, Um, not that kind of succulent roast chicken texture people are accustomed to. And so I definitely think that it benefits from simple cooking methods, but methods that bear in mind what this meat really is like. On my current blog, there's a recipe posted for traditional Spanish paella. And in the mountain town where a paella originated in Spain, Valencia, according to my sources, small game animals like rabbit, like quail, were very, very traditionally eaten. A lot of people may think of seafood and chorizo sausage as the typical ingredients in paella, but these sources from the LA Times cite rabbit as a key ingredient, which of course recommends it to me as well as pieces of pork ribs, um, preferably their traditional Iberico pork. It's probably not that easy to come by here, but you could use any type of baby back or pork spare ribs in this. And it's just a very, very simple recipe. You know, in addition to the protein items, there's some chicken stock, saffron threads, olive oil, rice that is suited to paella, which is a medium grain rice. The traditional Spanish rice is called bomba rice, but a medium grain rice is is what's required here. Some pimenton and a fresh tomato that's been grated. This is also a really, really great recipe to try this time of year because the other two ingredients are shucked fava beans and artichoke hearts, which are in season and just absolutely delicious with this, you know, kind of sort of delicate but vegetal flavors playing off of those also delicate but kind of earthy flavors of the meat certainly the rabbit so that blog is at www.mailtribune.com forward slash whole dish and the recipe is for perfetto rocher's paella verde i'm going to share another recipe today for italian braised rabbit and again this technique is what I really find yields the the best results for this very delicate meat, doesn't have a lot of fat, and really ensures that it's going to be tender because it can toughen up on you if you just roast it as you would a chicken, as I mentioned. 
So this recipe, Italian braised rabbit, comes from May 14th, 2014, the a la carte section of the Mail Tribune, and ran with a story I wrote about rabbit. It was adapted by the Los Angeles Times from a recipe by Hank Shaw, who has the food blog Hunter, Angler, Gardener, Cook. He also has a podcast and he's written several cookbooks. This recipe will take two-ish hours, maybe two, two and a half hours, but a lot of it is hands-off time. It's the kind of dish that you can do um, while, you know, simmers away preparing your vegetables and your sides. So you start with two rabbits and most rabbits are somewhere in the neighborhood of one and a half ish pounds it's a it's about an average size cutting the rabbit is the first step and it is different than dismembering a chicken in fact on my blog um, from may 19th 2014 there is a link to an la times slideshow that shows in in quite a bit of detail this step-by-step breaking down for a rabbit. And essentially what you really want as you're serving pieces are the legs, the hind and front legs, and what people refer to as the saddle, which is an area that has the backbone running through it, but it's not the rib cage. And when you go to the slideshow again, the link is available from my May 19th, 2014 blog post. It's titled French Feast Sent Foodie Down the Rabbit Hole. (laughs) Um, If you're curious what the blog post is about, go and find it. One of the easiest ways is to select the month, May 2014, from the drop-down menu under archives on the right-hand side of the page. Find that post from the 19th. Once the rabbit's cut into serving pieces, the stray bones are going to be used to make a stock. And that's going to be, again, the, the hip bones, the rib cage, and the boneless kind of belly flaps, which should be obvious what that is, as well as the neck bone, which is pretty obvious that kind of comes out from um, the breast area of the rabbit. Place all the rabbit pieces, um, including the desirable serving pieces, the legs and the saddle, into a pot and cover them with cool water by about a half an inch. Bring it to a boil, remove it from the heat, and kind of skim off any foamy looking kind of sludgy, gunky stuff that comes to the top. Fish out the serving portions, again, the hind and front legs and the saddle. Put those into the refrigerator and then to that basically poaching liquid that's going to become a stock, add two bay leaves, a half a teaspoon of fennel seeds, a teaspoon of coriander, 10 juniper berries, which are really, really lovely. And I really like an excuse to use juniper berries in cooking. Of course, it goes nicely with this sort of almost gamey um, sensibility to this meat in this dish. A teaspoon of cracked black peppercorns. Bring that to a simmer and cook for an hour. Again, your odd and end bone pieces are in there with the spices. You're making a stock here. Strain the liquid through fine mesh sieve, discarding the solids. Set the liquid aside. You're going to need a cup of that stock to complete the recipe. And any leftover can be used in anything, you know, risotto, any kind of other super stew, 
use it to make polenta, which goes really, really wonderfully with this dish as, as a side dish. In a heavy lidded pot, like a Dutch oven, heat a half a cup of olive oil. When it's hot, you're going to add one onion that's been peeled and sliced. It could be any onion. I tend to prefer white or yellow onions. You could use a red onion for this as well. You want to cook the onion on about medium, so it's soft and translucent. You don't want browning here, which makes onion, I think, bitter. Once the onion is softened and translucent, add a half a cup of white wine or vermouth. The one cup of rabbit stock and the reserved nice serving pieces of rabbit, the legs and the saddle that have been in the refrigerator. Add a teaspoon of dried thyme and five to six cloves of roasted garlic is what this calls for. It could probably be a couple of cloves of fresh garlic if you don't happen to have roasted garlic on hand. You just don't want the garlic to overpower this. Cover that, bring it to a simmer, add a teaspoon of salt or to your taste. Reduce the heat to low, cover the pot and cook until the rabbit is very, very tender, which is going to take about one, one and a half, potentially even two hours. The dish is finished by adding 10 to 12 green olives that have been pitted and halved. I like the French Nicoise olives, little Picheline olives. They're sometimes called, I mean, you could get any green olive, but those are particularly nice, the brine cured ones. And three tablespoons chopped fresh parsley. Cook that for two to three minutes just so those flavors blend together. And the serving suggestion for this dish is with mashed potatoes, polenta or rice, and a green vegetable. It makes four to six servings. And that is Italian braised rabbit. Find the recipe that I mentioned previously for paella on my blog, www.mailtribune.com forward slash whole dish. You'll also find a link in that post to Wagenhofer Meats in Sutherland, which has really, really beautifully raised rabbit, quail, and sausages that they make from their meat. Go check out their website and their rabbit facts section for more on the health benefits of this meat as well as the sustainability. And give it a try.